How do you pay, man? Huh? If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. Yeah. ten grand to me. Yeah. You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast right here on your home for the Straight Cash Homie Podcast on the iTunes and SoundCloud page. My name is Neil Rule, sports broadcaster here in the Detroit, Michigan area. With me, as always, he's the brains of the operation. I'm the looks of the operation. He's the brains of it. So that tells you in the looks department, we're in trouble, Cam. No, I'm just kidding with you. Cam Evans of the Evans Law Group, also a pivotal sports management here with us, as he always is. Cam, great to be back with you. It's been a minute since we've been in the lab. But here we are. How are we doing? We're doing great. And, man, what a great way to kick off our uh, fall season of uh, straight cash homie and uh, with college football in prime time. Absolutely. And college sports will be ruling the day of the Straight Cash Homie podcast, not only today, but coming up in future episodes as well. Uh, the latest news to break, the G League situation where the NBA's G League is now going to be offering pay-to-play for guys that don't want to go to college, the 125 grand, we're going to let that one simmer for a little bit, though. We'll get to that coming up in our next episode. But as far as we're concerned, this is what we do here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. We take a look at the business side of sports, and essentially that's a fancy way of saying follow the money, Cam, because that's what that's what we're about here. We're following the money. And we're going to follow the money. We're going to follow the money all the way to the bank. The question is, whose bank account does it go in? Well, it sounds like from our earlier episodes, the state of New Jersey's bank account is, is where <laughs> things are going. If you hadn't heard... And you can go back through our, our Straight Cash Homie podcast page here on iTunes and go back through the past episodes. We've broken it down for you pretty much how the sports gambling thing is going to go. So after you're done here, go back through there, thumb through all the episodes. A big hello to all the new uh, listeners that we're picking up here today. But, Cam, the, the order of the day, the, the business at hand, and especially as soon as I saw this story break, I got excited because I knew we were going to be jumping in the lab. But Nick Bosa uh, of Ohio State, the defensive lineman, the defensive in actually, uh, who is by many circles considered maybe the best, if not one of the best, college football prospects as far as the NFL draft coming up in April would say. And he told Ohio State, he said, look, uh, I have this core muscle issue. I went and got my procedures done and handled, and I'm not going to accelerate the timetable to come back to play for Ohio State. I have a situation where I have to do what's best for my family, and I believe this is in my best interest to shelf my college football career, focus on preparation for the NFL draft. And, and Cam, you and I have touched on this in the past as you go back through these episodes, but this is a, a, an emerging trend in college football. And we've seen guys before skip bowl games, but we've never seen this, where essentially halfway through a season somebody jumps up and says, you know what, I'm out, it's business time, it's NFL draft, that's what I'm worried about. It is, and even though it's a little bit different here with, uh, with Nick, I mean, he had surgery. Uh, after the third game of the year against TCU for, um, you know, these sports hernia core muscles injuries, which are difficult to heal. Um, and you've seen professional athletes, Justin Verlander, struggle for a year, two years, with you know, without being right in this. And so, and to a certain extent, you know, this wasn't shocking given the nature of the injury, the fact that he had surgery. He wasn't projected to be coming back until, you know, mid to late November anyways. Um, he wasn't sticking around. Is anybody shocked he was going to declare early for the draft? 
No, he wasn't no. coming back for his fourth year at the Ohio State University. Um, so it makes all the sense in the world to me that he sits there and says, what's in the best interest of me as opposed to I got a high ankle sprain or I got you know a knee that's tweaked or something where he's had surgery and this is something that can take a long time to heal. And if it doesn't heal properly, it puts him at a great risk from the standpoint of his effectiveness and his ability and his draft status, ultimately where he's going to get drafted and what kind of money he could potentially leave on the table in exchange for playing the last you know three or four games over your college career at a, at a college he obviously you know my my perception as an outsider loves and cherishes and the family has great ties to and a great respect for but as you said he's made the decision i would assume along along with his family that what's in his best interest is to pull the plug on any thoughts of coming back Concentrating on getting healthy and positioning himself to be drafted as high as possible and then to go and excel like his brother has at the NFL level. And Joey Bosa, of course, of the Los Angeles Chargers right now, who, who has struggled with injury issues since he's gotten into the NFL, was a third overall pick back in 2016. He had the longest contract dispute for an incoming NFL player since the rookie wage scale was changed back in 2011. So if you look at it from that standpoint, the Bosa family, and I think that's I think that's a point that's being overlooked in this whole scenario that you brought up. Obviously, Ohio State is very important to the Bosa family. Uh, they're both their father. He played as well uh, during his time at Ohio State. So, so obviously, it's a place that holds a very special place in the Bosa's family heart. However, dot, 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 Money plays a, a special part in all of our hearts. And, again, it's, it's that situation. And, and I've come out on this, and, and I've talked about it, and, I, and I've gotten both sides, and, and I've opened up the, the lines of communication through the social media and stuff like that. We'll always take your questions on Facebook and Twitter as well, and, and we have some thoughts uh, from some people that we'll get to in just a little bit. It's not as if Bosa, in this case Nick Bosa, is sour with Ohio State or anything like that. It's just, hey, I love this place, however – this is what's in the best interest for me if I want to be the number one overall pick and, oh, by the way, make between 25 and $30 million for signing my name on a sheet of paper because that's, that's what the stakes are, Cam. That is the stakes, and this is the only time to do it. Ohio State's not paying his paychecks in the future. He's got to go earn his paychecks at the next level. And you talked about the family's relationship with uh, Ohio State. You know, you also look at what his dad's experience was in the NFL. Dad, you know, very talented, but had a very short career. Spanned like three years with the Dolphins because he had knee injuries. Now you're looking at older brother Joey. I mean, the thought process that you're going to be able to um, go through the longest holdout of anybody under the new collective bargaining agreement for a rookie, when the rookies have zero leverage, that tells you the mindset of the family, that they are out for themselves, um, which is nothing wrong with that. They need to protect their interest. And so you give that, you got an injury issue. Dad knows what has happened. You look at Joey, as you said, Joey's struggling with injuries right now. And, you know, this is money that never comes back. If you leave a million, two million, 15 million on the table because of your draft status, even if you hit the big second contract, you would hit the big second contract anyways. You're not going to recoup this money, and you may not get that second contract for a whole host of reasons. So it, it, to me, it makes all the sense in the world, and it aligns with kind of like this transformative sea change that we're, we're seeing in the perception of the NCAA as the curtain continues to be lifted on um, what happens and, and that this is, to a large extent, 
a business and it's a business for the universities it's a business for some of the players especially when you're looking at the the power five programs and what you can do in football if if this if if, if nick bosa was nick jones who played at rutgers who may be the top pick in the draft and he shuts it down because he's got a core muscle injury i don't think you'd be getting nearly this much buzz on it because there's it, not the passion associated with ohio, with ohio state who is a a true national conglomerate a national brand and a national contender this year. Right. If Ohio State was down and they had three losses already and they were never going to get to the Big Ten Championship, never gave a chance to go play in the college football playoffs, this would be less of a story because this, this impacts the overall landscape of college football and ultimately what potentially could be the makeup of the playoffs. And, and speaking of that, Cam, and, and we've seen this before, as we talked about earlier, guys have shut it down for bowl games and said, hey, what's the point? And fans, fans of that particular team, but we've never seen this, as you said, in affiliation with the college football playoff, but fans of that particular team, maybe for a minute, we've seen this with Michigan fans. We've seen it on both sides with Michigan fans because I know you bring up Jake Butt as an example when we were talking in our pre-production meetings uh, about Jake Butt is, is the example of the other side of what can happen but this is the maybe the Pandora's box that has been opened now. This isn't the last time we're going to see this, right, Cam? And all this is going to do is just continue to expand because, as you brought up, if you're at Rutgers and maybe you're Carson Wentz at North Dakota State, Carson Wentz now at North Dakota State, why? Why For real, I mean, why bother? Because you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation where the reward – is nowhere near the payoff what the risk is. Yeah, but, but, but you're at North Dakota State, so you have to play um, because that, I think, is from the NFL perception. You need to have as much tape as possible, enough eyes on you, enough times for scouts to come in every week and not necessarily see the game, see you practice. Talk to your coaches. Talk to the teammates. Talk to the people that clean up the locker room. Talk to you know who cuts the field. What's sure. this kid's like? So Carson Wentz, I'd say, is different. But you do you look at it from the standpoint of other people um, as to what is in their best interest. And I think what's interesting because again, I think this is different because you had injury and surgery and a difficult road back, anyways. And if you don't heal properly. This lingers for a long time and can have a you know a detrimental effect on his ability right. to play in the NFL. What would have happened if you were halfway through the season and you have somebody who you thought was going to be a contender, but gee, now they get two losses, so they're out of the college football playoff scenario, and they decide to pull the plug. So if this would be, I think, a dramatically different story if it was Ohio State somehow had two losses now and they're done for the year, like Penn State is. And Nick says, I came back to win a championship. I ain't, I'm not going to risk injuries. And he was perfectly healthy. To the extent you can be perfectly healthy at halfway through a right. college football season. But he just pulls the plug. Or somebody at his – then I think that will, again, this kind of the floodgate of other kids who are in this position that they can go high in the NFL draft. They're out of the college playoff. Is it worth, worth the risk to continue to play in a, competi- in a, com- uh, a very – not only competitive, but, you know, dangerous occupation. You know, putting on the helmet and strapping up and going banging pads, you can get hurt 
you can have a, you know, uh, an injury that requires surgery that's going to have a very detrimental effect on your draft status and what you're going to do. That I think you're going to, you're going to continue to see, and you're going to, I think you're going to continue to see players realize the power that they actually have, um, which is limited, but at least they know that they do have certain power now. And then the question is, how do they leverage it for what they individually want out of life? He is Cameron Evans. I am Neil Rule. You're listening to Straight Cash Homie Podcast. If you're the first time that you're checking out the show, we do appreciate it. You can click subscribe on the iTunes page. The latest episodes will pop up as an alert on your phone. You plug it into your Bluetooth in your car. You listen on the way to work, way home from work. We certainly do appreciate it, however you're consuming the show. If you like what you hear today, go back through the uh, the annals of the history of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. This is the type of stuff we get into all the time, NFL drafts and legalized sports betting and contract holdouts and all of that stuff. Uh, that's what we touch on all the time. And, and you brought up an interesting point about where this will go. And in my mind, the college football player, we're not talking about, as you said, the the good running back at Rutgers that that'll probably be the twentieth overall pick in the draft or Maryland or wherever we're not we're not talking about that guy we're talking about the top one percent the the Nick Boses of the world the Carson Wentz's of the world uh, the Joey Boses of the world the number one overall guys the number two overall guy the top five draft picks where you're playing for big big stakes and multi million dollar contracts with the stroke of a pen and everything that's associated with it. This is another lesson, though, for these types of players as we go forward. You have this kind of power if you're a player. And I, I think that players have, I don't want to say they've been slow to realize it, but maybe they have been a little bit slow to realize, Cam, exactly how much power they do they do yield. They do. And I think that when you started to have um, the players that say, you know, guess what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit out the bowl game because it's not worth it. Um, and that started two years ago, um, who are otherwise healthy. And it's just not the worst. I'm going to go play in, you know, the Sun Bowl. Well, sorry. I'm not going to, you know, jeopardize um, my next stage of my career, which right. is the NFL. Um, and so I think that kind of opened the eyes of players as to we do have other options. And what the NFL has said, we are not going to hold it against you. If you decide not to finish out your college career, there's enough teams out there in the NFL that says, "Oh, we're not, you know, we're not going to hold this against you because you're not a team player and you didn't go out and support your brothers on the field." No, they're like, uh, "No, guess what? We want talent." And, and, and it <laughs> is, and Cam, it, it is two worlds colliding in, in that respect because you, you look at college football. That's about college spirit and passion and the name on the front of the jersey. While at the same time. As you talked about, these guys are playing for big-time stakes and big-time money. So this is this is really two worlds colliding because the NFL does not care about about the name on the front of the jersey in college and the passion and all that stuff. They care about winning so they can make more money because it's professional sports, and that's how that's how the winners and losers are dictated. Who's making more money than somebody else? When you win, you make more money. It's it's painfully simple economics. I think what makes this so such a great debate, and, and I'll get to the tweets and stuff like that, and I was texting with a Division One college coach that, that has the opposite opinion of it, which we'll get into in just a couple of seconds, but this this has all the makings, doesn't it, Cam, of, of, of the struggle, right? Two worlds colliding. Two worlds colliding, and, and then, you know, part of it is the motivation. You, you have, again, the limited group. You got, you got football players at the Power Five conferences. You got, you know, the elite Division One basketball programs where the universities make unbelievable money. 
You can't even fathom it. Yeah. Off what is put onto the field. And, and, and there's trickle-down economics to that as well. Well, yeah. And, and so – but you have the players who perceive – some players who perceive that they're not getting their fair share of the pie, sitting aside, they're getting a full ride, they get all these other, they get a lot of perks and everything else. But they're saying, guess what? It's now time for me to cash in on my skill, and I haven't been able to cash in in high school, haven't been able to cash in in college, and now my time to cash in to go to the teller window is at the NFL. And so I need to go and take some, you know, be proactive in protecting that. So you see that, and then you, you combine that with the unintended consequences of the new redshirt rule in football. That, well, after four games, you can still go and, you know, declare redshirt and transfer. Which, by the way, Alabama's punter is still eligible to redshirt for the year because he hasn't punted in three weeks. So there's, <laughs> there's, there, there's that angle of that. There, I mean, but, I, but I'm saying, though, that, but, that's reality. But you see, you see people who will go and, and, Starting quarterback for Clemson. Unhappy that I'm not starting anymore. So I'm I'm out. I'm transferring and immediately eligible. Or that that type of action conveys knowledge to other players that you have options out there. Okay? And they're not going to hurt you at the NFL level, which is all they're focused about at this point in time when you're getting into these elite players like, you know, like Nick Boza. You know that's his focus. You don't even have to be an elite player. You're like how many other? I mean, how many people leave early for the NFL draft and never get drafted? Lots. Never even get signed to a you know signed as an undrafted free agent. Never anywhere. They're done, and it's the NFL or bust. Right. And no place else to go. And we mentioned we we've seen opinions on both sides of the scale. We have a tweet here uh, on Twitter from at cards 29th on 6499 who says as much as I hate the state to the south and we are based here in uh, the Detroit Michigan area so I don't know if you know this or not but there's a big uh, there's a big level of animosity between the state of Ohio and the state of Michigan which you know when you you mention Ohio state around here you're going to uh, you know you're going to impact people's emotions and that certainly uh, has something to do with it but says as much as I hate that state to the south he doesn't owe his teammates or a school anything it's business and it's business on both sides. Yes, it's business for him, and yes, it's business for Ohio State. And, and the, this isn't – I say this, and this will kind of let you know where I stand in, in terms of the matter, but what you can't deny is what I'm about to say is fact, in that Nick Bosa created money for that university. He sold jerseys. TV contracts were, were bigger because of him and players of his, of his comparable skill level. That, that – whether or not you agree or disagree, you cannot deny those facts, Cam. No, and and and, and I will slightly disagree with with with, with the tweet that we, you just read, mm-hmm. is that he may not owe it to get back on the field and simply play and jeopardize his own, but he did owe the university an honest answer as to what his intentions were, which I think you got to give him credit for. He didn't beat around the bush. Oh, I'm struggling to come back. I really can't come back. And all along, knowing that he's never really going to step on that field again and play, he was upfront and honest with the coaches, with his teammates. And you want to know something? I don't think there's anybody there that sits there and questions what he is doing. Sure, would they like him on the field? Absolutely. But do they know that if they were in his shoes, they'd probably be doing the same thing? Right, and on the flip side of that coin, as I talked about, I was texting back and forth with a with a Division One coach, and because I always like to to get the the opinions of you know the people that are that are in the fight. I mean, certainly not to Urban Meyer's degree or anything like that. And 
you know, the, the coaches that I was talking to, his input was more or less, you know, how do you walk away from your brothers in, in midseason like that? And now if if that's the way you want to go, why do you get into a car then? I mean, you know, you, you, you break it down from the fall down to, to all that type of stuff if it's an injury concern or anything like that. You know, and, and also, too, where does it stop? But we don't know where it stops, Cam. Where, in your opinion, where do, where do you think this stops, or does it ever? Do we, does it continue to erode? Well, erode is one way to look at it. I'd say evolve. I think that, or evolve, yeah. Like poor choice I, I, of words I, I, on my part. It's no, a guy who talks it, for a living. No, I don't know if it's a poor choice of words or not. I think it's an accurate because it represents a certain segment of society that this is an erosion. This is not good for college athletics. But um, I think that you're going to continue to see this evolve may be a bad word because that means it's progress. It's going to continue to change. It is not going to stay static. That is one thing that we can um, guarantee out of this because players are going to continue to look for ways to protect their self-interest as long as the NCAA puts the restrictions that they have on what they deem to be amateurism and what's not. I mean, we've already – listening through some old you know some of our old segments um that we've done you know we, we've talked about the olympic fiasco you know <laughs> i forgot about that yeah one, you're yeah. right you know so you can have you know you can have the swimmer from texas a&m get paid by his country seven hundred thousand dollars uh and he doesn't lose it you got you know um look at he who you know the swimmer from state who's now at stanford you know she got one hundred twenty-five thousand from the u.s government for her success down in brazil uh in the pool well but guess what you still have eligibility. You just got paid one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for for, for your for your athletic ability, right? But that's okay because that's the way the rules are written. And the NCAA, they control. There's no law out there that says, "Hey, this is the definition of amateurism." It's what the NCAA says amateurism is which is always in a state of constant flux and will continue to be in a state in a constant flux because they're going to want to find a way to monetize kids like Nick Boza to get back on the field. And now maybe it's they're going to open up the ability for universities to buy insurance policies. Maybe Who knows what they're going to do? But, you know, this is a situation that – and I can understand it from a, from a coach's standpoint. Absolutely. That you know, what does this do to the team? But again, this is a, I think is a little bit different situation because he had surgery, right? And again, this is the Ohio State University who does not have two losses this year, and is in contention for, you know, college football playoffs for it all. Yeah, with with highly paid athletic directors and highly paid football coaches, and because of that, highly paid golf coaches and highly paid soccer coaches and highly paid basketball coaches. You, you get the trickle-down of the whole situation. And facilities that you cannot imagine. <laughs> right. How many football training centers need to have waterfalls in their lobby? But you go around. I mean, you look at this, at what they put into the facilities because they're not profit. Can't have a surplus. Got to spend it. Use it or lose it, my friend. And that's right. And uh, you can't pay. You can't give any more money or other benefits to the employ- to the players without violating the NCAA rules. So you got to do something with it. And you got to do something with it. And so you go in, and this has become a gravy train. Um, and so it'll be interesting. But the NCAA, you know, NCAA, because guess what? It doesn't violate our definition of amateurism if you, you know, pay pay players, you know, $25,000 a year in cash. And maybe they could make that rule up. Okay. 
There's no and, legal and definition of amateurism. That's the way it is, right. That's right. And that's the, that's the way it is. But it's certainly something that we're always going to continue to follow here. You you found the gravy train of podcasts here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Cam, as always, good effort out of you today. And if you like what you heard, click subscribe here on the iTunes or the SoundCloud page. And the latest editions of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast will go directly to your phone and fire them up in the car on the way to work, on the way home from work, wherever you're going, whatever you got going on. A big thank you to Mike Parsons with his production work that he does as well, Dan Goliath for consulting as well. Cam, thank you to you. My name is Neil Rule, broadcaster here in the Detroit area. Until the next episode of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, thank you all for listening. Well, see you later.